Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. You're listening to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose of this podcast is to help you know, love, and live God's word. My name is Tara and I'm your host slash new best friend. Each week, we'll dive into the depths of scripture together. We'll answer questions that we all have as believers, have hard but good conversations, unpack passages in the Bible, and have deep, encouraging conversations with some amazing guests. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to grow your love and knowledge of His Word so that you can live for Him more. Are you ready, friend? Let's get into it. In today's episode, I have my friend Rachel Lawrence, who I had the awesome privilege of meeting in person at a conference I spoke at last year. Rachel is on here to talk about her struggles with believing lies from the enemy. I want to give a disclaimer. We both want to give a disclaimer before you click and listen to this episode. Rachel does talk about her struggle with depression and suicide and things like that. And so if this is something that is triggering to you, if it is something that is too much, please do not feel bad and you can exit out of the episode. We just want to make that super clear. In this conversation, Rachel and I open up really candidly about the ways that the enemy lies to us as Christians, as individuals, and how we can actually find freedom from that by listening to God's truth and actually how to overcome how the enemy attacks you, spiritual attacks. So this conversation is a packed one. Rachel is the founder of Mama Theologians, a ministry that has so many resources for moms that really want to dig into God's word, but this is not just a conversation for moms. Thank you so much for being here, listening to the show and supporting it by sharing and leaving a review. It means the world and it helps the show. It encourages me. It helps us reach more people. And just even a few seconds of rating and reviewing and sharing on social media is so powerful for the kingdom. All right, let's just get into this episode. Here's my conversation with Rachel. 
Hey, hey, Rachel. I am so, so thankful for this conversation. This one is especially sweet to me, to everyone listening, because I've actually met Rachel in person, which a lot of people on the show I've been, you know, friends with on social media. And that's really, really sweet. Don't get me wrong, but it's pretty cool when you have a connection with someone that you've known and met. Um, Rachel and I actually met at a conference um, in New Hampshire a couple months ago. It's weird to say last year, but actually last mm-hmm. year, but just a couple months ago. And so we've been connected to that. And Rachel is just amazing. I'm excited for you guys to get to know her and hear um, our topic today. But Rachel, before we get into it, would you mind introducing yourself and letting everyone know a little bit about you and what you do and all of the sweet stuff. Yeah, I am just so honored to be here, Tara. It was so sweet to sit next to you during that conference. And I think I even said, I'm like, Tara, I don't actually know you. (laughs) Can you tell me about yourself? Because I don't think I really followed (laughs) you online for much, um, for a long time prior to that conference. So it was so sweet to get to actually know you in person first, and then also to follow you and all that you're doing for the Lord through the online platform and online ministry that he's given you has been such a joy. But um, so first and foremost, so I am a daughter of God. Praise Lord for that. Um, I'm the wife to my husband, Steve, and we have three children. So we are in just the thick of parenting. Our oldest is Isaiah and he's four and a half. Elijah is two and a half and our baby girl, Ruth, is almost one year old. So we have lots of little ones. (laughs) It's so much fun, but it is also very busy. And I'm kind of praying that you guys don't hear them downstairs in the basement. (laughs) They're like in a corner. I'm just kidding. My husband's with them. But um, prior to being called, <laughs> well, I do, I even have like the vent like padded with <laughs> with pillows, Tara, because these little ones oh get gosh, loud. That is so funny. <laughs> like they just, maybe hey, they'll be I quiet. Don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't blame them at all. <laughs> so funny. Um, so prior, I right now am a stay at home mom um, and I began staying home in 2020. Um, Before that, though, I worked as a children's ICU nurse and I cared for children and their families really in the most dire situations. I did that for about five years, and then I also helped to lead and teach other nurses and physicians and interdisciplinary staff about end-of-life care. So I just loved the Mm -hmm. really, really hard, the really hard things, and it was such a joy. Um, So I actually, even when I was a nurse, I began seminary. So God had called me to seminary. So I've been pursuing a master's of divinity, actually my entire motherhood life. So I am going to be finishing with that degree this May, which is such a joy. But wow, yeah, it's it's a joy. <laughs> it's been very slow, but it has been a really good yes, like seeping yeah. process into theological studies and really of which that I didn't have yeah. a huge background into even really knowing the Bible prior to going to seminary. So it's been a really great mm-hmm. joy of my life to be able to do that. And then lastly, um I just launched a Christian online ministry Um, podcast and essay and website, um, and it's called Mama Theologians. And so I have the sweet privilege to lead 15 other mothers and 15 other women who are from really all around the world who have a desire 
to speak into other mothers' lives and a desire for other mothers to grow in deeper relationship with Jesus. And so I'm so, so thrilled to be leading that. It's still very new. I started that in November. So we have a podcast and essays, and our prayer is always that God will use it however he desires so that other mothers will have their spiritual growth revived in Jesus and that they will know him more. That's so, so good. I loved getting to hear your your heart about it just before it began. Was it beginning of November? Why am I blanking on yeah, when the conference yeah. was? So, <laughs> yes. So it, it began, my um, ministry began November 1st, but was the conference in, oh goodness, I think it was in the fall a little bit before then. But yeah, I was say, I think it was was it October? Mikel is going to hate me for, for getting the, yeah, the dates, especially because I spoke September at it. or October. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, it was so fun to be able to hear um, just what you were preparing for and to see it happen now. And my goodness, just props to you for how just well-structured it is um, for mamas listening. It is an amazing resource because I don't think – I mean, I'm going to be a new mom myself, so I haven't really looked into that, you know, the, yeah, the mom right. world, all those things – quite as much yet, but I think this is unique in its own way where it just equips mamas to be, you know, theologically sound to, you know, talk about the hard things, um, just so many resources. So Rachel, just hats off to you. So thankful for what God's doing in you. Um, even though sometimes it's grimy and it's hard work, um, just really inspired by that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been just such a joy. And it's so sweet to see God's hand over it because he's just morphed it into something that I had never imagined. And it has been just truly such a delight to be able to do. So I'm excited to see what he'll do with it. Absolutely. And he's already touching, I know, many people. And some of that, you know, just as a side note, some of that you know, um, progress or spiritual trans- transformation that happens in someone's life may not be super apparent to us, but um, but God right. knows and and he, and he uses it how he'd like. And so just to be, continue to be obedient, you know, anyone listening, no matter what you're doing, continue to be obedient in what God's calling you. You may not see it, but we can trust that God is, God mm-hmm. is using it. So, um, so amazing. Amen. I'm so excited. We'll talk a little bit more about Rachel's journey through Mama Theologians and just everything a little bit later. But um, Rachel, as we kind of transition into the episode now. Um, I love to ask my listeners or I mean my people on the show, my guests on the show, what they are loving at the moment. Um, it's kind of like a favorite things YouTube video, which is one of my favorite things to watch <laughs> um, just to see what people are loving in their lives. So would you share something that you are currently loving and is just like making your life sweeter? It could be so random. <laughs> Yeah. So I actually am probably like jumping on the bandwagon late with this one, but I really love Voxer. So I love Voxer. I also really like Instagram voice messages. I just Mm -hmm. love everything voice messages. Um, I actually live in the middle of the Northwoods of Wisconsin, and we have a very, very rural community, and it's really hard to find others who are wholeheartedly pursuing the Lord um, just because our mm-hmm. town is so small, and it is sure, such a joy yeah. to be able to connect with others via Voxer or Instagram messages yeah. who I'm able to talk about um, those deeper things, and I don't always get mm-hmm. that here in the very, very small Northwoods, Wisconsin. Yeah. 
Oh, that is so fun. I love Voxer. Um, I am not super, super good in this season about checking it, but it's way more fun. Like Voxer or like voice texts or Instagram voice memos. Like there's so much more fun. Right. Some of my friends that I do like, you know, voice text or like specifically Instagram uh, DM and I give a voice message. Sometimes I'm like, do they think I'm weird? Like, do, do they not want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's easier. And then I just like hearing people's voices. So yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I think speaking of Michaela, I think she was the first one who sent me an Instagram voice message. And I'm like, this is so sweet. And this That's is awesome. just the kindest thing to hear someone's voice other than, you know, a message. <laughs> so right, I just right. love it. Those are my favorite things right now. Okay. That's amazing. Everyone, Voxer is free to download um, to a certain extent, which is, is plenty. It's all you need. So check out Voxer if you want to just like voice memo your friends. And it's just a fun space. So that was really awesome, Rachel. I love that favorite. So fun. Yeah. I hope it just yes. kind of like brightens people's days and lives, but amazing. I'm really, really excited about today's conversation though. Rachel and I, um, for those listening friends, we were talking a little bit about what was on our hearts and specifically on Rachel's heart. And something that was on our heart was overcoming the lies and attacks of the enemy of, you know, of Satan, which is a real thing. I think we all can think of at least, at least one way that the enemy has been attacking us either today or this Mm. week or this last year. There is something for me. You know, that could be just physically could feel that way. Or for me, honestly, if I'm being super transparent, just busyness, hurriedness. It's just these attacks that we get from the enemy and how to overcome the lies that he even speaks into our lives. And as Christians, we, we have the truth of God. We have a relationship with Christ and yet we still struggle with these lies from the enemy. So, um, Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your testimony or experience in this area? Again, I we've planned this episode. We chatted a lot about it, and you were really, really generous and vulnerable to offer up um, just some of your thoughts on it. So I'd love, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, Tara, do you mind if I pray over our listener first? Absolutely, please do. Heavenly Father, God, we know that you are good. We know, Lord, that you have created us and that you will sustain us. God, I'm so thankful that you have sent your son, Jesus, to forgive us for our sins and to reclaim us from the hands of the enemy. Lord, as we listen today and as Tara and I talk today, can you help us to begin to see the attacks of the devil for what they truly are? Will you help us to learn more about our enemy today and to learn more about how through really you, we are more than conquerors. God, I just pray protection over our listeners. I pray that no spirit of fear towards the enemy will invade, but I pray again that we will know that we are conquerors through Christ Jesus. So help us, Holy Spirit, to know in our hearts and minds that you are the paraclete, the comforter, our advocate, and our counselor. And help us to lean into you, Mm -hmm. Jesus, as we truly put on the armor of God. In Jesus's precious name, amen. And after that prayer, Tara, I just really think it's important just to offer another like disclaimer over um, this conversation since we're going to be even talking about suicide and suicidal ideation. So while I really have been trained in how to take care of patients who are struggling with mental illness or depression or anxiety, um, Mm -hmm. from a nursing perspective, 
really this um, in no way negates your listener, your own personal medical or spiritual help. So if you or a loved one are having suicidal thoughts or thoughts of hurting yourself or any other like thoughts, I just really urge you to please seek medical advice as well as pastoral care and counseling and please to contact your local suicide crisis line if you are in immediate danger. And so I just want the listener to know that it's okay to seek help. I'm so thankful that you're here listening to this and to my experience, but I also want you to know and to hear that, um, Goodness, I just pray that the Holy Spirit, that God will guide you on how to seek help. So I wanted to offer that disclaimer. And so um, so I first, then to Tara, want to say that your recent podcast, when we're recording this, um, on anxiety was so good. You gave so many biblical tools mm. and you really you really dove into biblical passages to give tools about anxiety that I really feel like could also um, could also correlate with defeating the lies of the enemy. And so I just encourage our listeners to go back and listen to Tara's solo episode on anxiety because it was so, so good, Tara. I've listened to a lot of podcasts Mm, on anxiety and depression (laughs) over the years, but yours was very (laughs) biblically sound and I just, it was so good. So anyways, all that to say. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So anxiety and depression really have always sprung up in my life in response to trauma. So I've experienced panic attacks and even had like the lovely EKGs to confirm that, no, I really wasn't having a heart attack. Um, But those times of depression and anxiety really in my college years were when I was backsliding and not following the Lord, when I was succumbing to sin and living a sinful lifestyle. And it was also in response to trauma that I had endured in my childhood. And so this experience that we're talking about today is at, was actually quite different than what I had in the past. And so um, my heart in about 2018 was just in a far different place and my life was far different, praise the Lord, than what I had lived in my late teens and then into my early college years. And um, I hadn't struggled with depression or anxiety or panic attacks for a long time when it came up to 2018. And so I was around seven months postpartum with Isaiah, and I was in seminary. Um, I knew and was well-educated on the biological, physical, and mental dangers of postpartum depression and also spiritual attack. So I really thought I really thought, like, I'm not going to succumb to any of this. I am living for the Lord. Right. I am following him. I have a 4.0 in seminary. Um, I have a great job. <laughs> I'm very feeling very happy, joyous. I don't feel any, like, postpartum effects. Um, and I, like, really didn't think that I could succumb to the anxiety or depression um, season of life again. And 
Um, I even to of note, I was starting an online ministry in 2018 and I had a podcast that had about 30 episodes up until this time. And so like my heart really felt on fire for the Lord. It was one of those seasons where I just felt so close to Jesus and like I was walking in obedience to him. So again, I did not think that anything could make me fall down. Um, And I even like... Even now, as I look back, like I almost even think a little bit of pride came into it. Like I thought like, you know, I, I cannot fall (laughs) at all. And so for it, which was completely different than what I had experienced in the past. And so, um, Uh, For a couple of weeks, I, as a nurse, was taking care of a child who had tragically attempted suicide and who was left in our children's ICU brain dead. And so as I cared for that family day in and day out for a couple of weeks, and as I really felt like I was able to impact them, I ended up having this thought creep in that kept telling me, this should be you. And instead of me thinking like, Mm. wow, Lord, this is not me, I just kept dwelling on that thought and then looking back into specifically my college years and thinking like, this should be me. And so really it just began with listening to just one thought. And so the months went on and I really just began to navel gaze at myself, at my past. Um, I began to not really look at my past and my past sin in a redemptive way that Jesus had already forgiven me of that. But I began to look at it as a way of like, goodness, I had a traumatic childhood. I am so broken. Um, No one loves me. Um, No one cared for me. And we'll talk more about the lies too, but I just kept navel gazing at my past, like I said, and then also about who I was in that moment. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. 
And so this anxiety and depression that I had been so familiar with began to really rear its head and my mind just became so bombarded by these constant intrusive thoughts. So I had stopped reading the Bible. I even haphazardly just stopped my Christian podcast because I just couldn't do it. Um, and I began calling into work um, because I I felt like it was um, – even looking back, like I, I couldn't physically go to work because mentally I just wow. couldn't take care of anyone else. So I, um, it ended up going on for months and months and months. And so I even remember Tara, these moments that are so clear where I am just on the floor and bawling and my seven, eight month old son with his chubby cheeks is sitting in his high chair and just looking at me Mm. and me being unable to literally even get up off the floor because it just felt like all of these terrible thoughts were coming at me and I couldn't get away from even like the voices of just, uh, I just didn't know what the, what was in my head. And so I, um, my husband tried to help. Um, he even at one point, like wrote all of these verses down from the Bible with about anxiety and casting our cares on the Lord and had sheets and sheets of paper about Bible verses. Mm. But I had just became so numb to God's truth because I had been living and listening and dwelling on the lies for so, so long. So, I mean, all of the classical signs of depression, um, I distanced myself from others. Um, I continued to entertain those thoughts that bombarded me. I would have some good days, but then I would have a day where like a thought would just spiral me into a black hole. Um, And I found this in my notes app um, because writing is so therapeutic to me. And while I didn't write a lot in that season, um, one day in 2018, I wrote this. I said, the lull of depression can feel like a sweet sleep. It can feel comforting, common, familiar, purposeful. It can sweetly lull you into these gripping lies, lies of slumber, lies of nothingness. So like, man, my heart and my mind were just in a terrible place. So I had gone from being a new mom um, and hosting a Christian podcast that was doing quite well, um, that I loved, that I felt like God was using, being in seminary and um, really following after the Lord, reading the Bible and really being in close relationship to Jesus, to feeling this comfort from depression and feeling like I just had to sleep all the time because that was the most comforting thing in my life. Um, and so of course though, on the outside, I mean, I, I had recently talked about my story on social media, which I think is what, where you heard about it, but there were a lot of, I mean, the majority of people in my life had no idea. So even on the outside, like the days that I went to work and I mean, I didn't call in sick that often, but, um, anytime I would see anyone, I still remained my bubbly self. I did really good at covering everything up. Um, 
it, and I thought that I was doing a good job by doing that, but honestly, it only really made it worse because then I'm like going home and saying they have no idea or they're not checking up on me. Like they don't actually really care about me, but in all reality, they had no idea and they would never know the struggle that I was inwardly facing because I just didn't tell anyone or give any signs that I was struggling except like I said to my husband who really only saw it like in the bad moments um, and he didn't know that it was just all encompassing. Um, And so it just, yeah, it was such a terrible season and it came to the point where I knew that I needed help. I knew that my mind was not right, that I couldn't escape this, that something was wrong. Um, and it is so kind of comical as I look back now. And I'll just be really brief. I could go on stories and stories and so many different occurrences. But I actually had this period where I was really actively seeking help. So I sought pastoral help. I sought counselors, um, in-person counselors, online counselors. Um, and I saw medical help. And while I love and I absolutely tell everyone to go to those people because they will provide you help, it was so comical at how the enemy just had a hold on my life and was attacking me even in the areas where I was trying to get help. So just one quick example, because goodness, it is just so absurd. So I say this with saying that I love nurses. I love physicians. Um, This is in no way a stereotype or norm of how they should treat people. But um, I went to just an annual physical to my primary care physician and the nurse knew me in my small town. And she said, you know, Rachel, I just have to ask these questions. And she's like, but you know, do you even want me to ask them? Because I, I I think you're fine. You're good. She's like, I don't need to ask these. And I knew what she was referring to because I've asked these same questions to patients. And I'm like, no, you could ask me, you know, the questions that you need to. And she's like, okay, so have you ever thought about hurting yourself or harming yourself? And she goes on and lists all of these questions that they have to ask to screen people who are suicidal. And I answered very honestly, yes, I have thought about harming myself. I do have a plan. Um, I gave very honest answers and she did not know what to say. Um, I think she, I think she was caught very off guard because again, she knew me. Um, she knew me even growing up. She didn't think I could have problems like that. Um, so she didn't really know what to say. So she marked them down. The doctor came in, did his annual physical, and then at the end, he said, so I see it. It looks like you you feel like you're having a few problems. And I said, yes, you know, I've been in this really terrible depression. I said, I feel like I'm afraid of myself. I'm going to harm myself and I really need help. And he's like, no, not you. I don't mean to laugh, but it was just, oh my goodness, the enemy. <laughs> he's like, no, not you. You are a beautiful wife and a mom and your son is perfect and you have a great job. And goodness, Rachel, if I tried to give you a psych consult, you wouldn't get in anyways because they are just so backed up. So they couldn't even get you in. I like kid you not. (laughs) I give that example again, not saying that that's the norm of doctors or nurses, but I like every single time, Tara, I tried to get help. I was met with just this brick wall of, um, 
of people not really believing me that I needed help. Um, and I just really think it was the enemy, like using people <laughs> and really rendering any normal help that's available ineffective to me. Um, and so, so I wanted to give that, but it was just, I couldn't even get help. Yeah. And so there was this one day when it, I was like eight to 10 months into just this black numbing, comforting darkness. And the thought to end my life had crept in. And so that intrusive thought had been there for a while, but it, the thought came in and I wasn't afraid of it this time. And, um, I was home. My husband and son were home with me. And so this thought came in that I needed to end my life that day. And the thought honestly felt smart. It felt wise. It felt like the best choice. Um, it felt like the only way I could get help. Um, and I just remember like this sneering voice that I didn't hear, but that just like filled my mind that told me, why don't you just hold your husband's gun? Like, why don't you just hold it? Like, you just need to feel it. And I like immediately had all of these terrible images come into my mind of me holding this gun and ending my life right there. And, um, I, I just, I knew like I couldn't even hold the gun. Like some part of me told me like, don't even touch it. So I told my husband to come up to the bedroom where, you know, I had been sleeping all day. And I said, will you please just hide your guns? Like, I don't want them near me. I don't want to know where they are. Will you please hide them? And of course he was terrified and concerned and asking me like, all of the yeah. questions and yeah. he was he was actually a police officer at the time and so he knew he knew how to de-escalate those sort of situations and so he tried that with me I'm like honey I just can't be around anyone just please take them away and I remember that after he took those away it felt like just such a beautiful victory that I did not end my life at that moment I did feel safer for rejecting that idea. But I cried out to the Lord and I said, God, you have to send someone to help me. You, I really need help. And I've tried all of these different ways to get help and I haven't been able to get it. So I said, you just, Lord, you have to send someone to help me. And I like, kid you not, God is so, so good. He I'm still laying bed, still battling with these thoughts. It's not like they went away um, and still feeling worthless. And my notifications on my phone came on and I have a notification for my seminary email. Um, and the subject that I could see on my notification says, praying for you, exclamation mark. And so I open it and I want to just read what this professor wrote. Um, I know that he won't mind me sharing it, but um, so the subject is praying for you. And this is the exact day where I was very close to ending my life. He writes, I just feel, felt led by the Holy Spirit to write to you and share that I'm praying for you, Steve and Isaiah. I'm confident you understand how God speaks to us and that there are times when we feel impressed to pray for someone, even when we may not know the specifics of the circumstances surrounding their lives at that time. 
So Rachel, my sister in Christ, I want you to know that I'm honored to intercede for you and your family this weekend. I truly believe that our Jesus is right beside you as you love and care for your husband and son. I'm sure that Isaiah or I'm sure that Steve knows the numerous impacts that you and your unaltered grace, that was my ministry, have on so many lives. I consider myself truly blessed to have served as one of your professors this past summer. You may not fully realize this, but I wanted you to know that you have been a great encouragement to me. Rachel, I truly believe that God has a special calling upon your life as a wife, mother, and a minister of his word. Please always remember that Jesus can always be trusted because he is always faithful. He will never leave or forsake you. I'm here. If I can ever pray for you, please feel welcome to write to me and I will do all that I can to help you. Um, blessings always, wow. Dr. Carpenter. And um, so Dr. Carpenter was one of my professors for the class of pastoral counseling um, that I had taken when I was very depressed. This professor had actually a doctorate in um, his thesis was spiritual warfare. And he, as he wrote that, was in East Africa serving as a chaplain. And so I had asked God for someone to help me in the most dire of situations. And he impresses upon Dr. Carpenter, who is thousands of miles away and who is exactly the person to help me, who has the background in counseling and spiritual warfare. And God impressed upon him to pray for me that exact day and nearly that exact moment. And so it was... It was such a beautiful shift into my life that I knew without a doubt that God has sent Dr. Carpenter. Um, I mean, I had never received a personal email from a professor before <laughs> and like this was my help. And so um, to this day, Dr. Carpenter is still a mentor to me and he has helped me out of depression. He has helped me to discern the enemy's lies. Um, he has even helped and encouraged me to restart online ministry and just spoken so many encouraging things over my life. And um, yeah, it was it was such like a God moment, like, Lord, uh, you sent help. Um, so he's good like that. He is so good like that. Mm. Oh my goodness. What a testimony. <laughs> that is really, really awesome and encouraging to hear. And I appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty in sharing that, the really, really hard things. And it's not easy to admit when we struggle so so much and when we even have those really dark thoughts. So I want to thank you because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot mm. of ladies listening that can relate to that. So um, just so thankful for that. I, something that you said really stood out to me and that was that you were entertaining a lot of the lies of the enemy for a long time. And I can relate to that. This is this yeah. idea of where we we don't just, you know, hear it and then, you know, we replace those lies with truth. We actually let the enemy, you know, have his way. We let him just go to town in our lives and we sit with that and we we believe it and we, you know, kind of just sit there instead mm -hmm. of um, in turn, like we know combating those lies, the opposite of a lie is truth. And, you know, for us as Christians, we have so much freedom there, easier said than done. But I just kind of love to talk about like, Maybe some of the main ways, just really briefly, let's just just go through um, quickly some of the main ways that the enemy has lied to you and maybe some some of the most popular ways that the enemy lies to us as as Christians, because I think it's good to expose those, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I want to just go quick into Genesis 3, 1 through 5, the ESV version. And so it reads, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so, Tara, here we see in the beginning of the Bible, the devil is posing a question that set Eve up to be doubting and questioning what God had said. And then the devil twists the truth. Were Adam and Eve's eyes metaphorically open to know good and evil once they had disobeyed God by giving into Satan's deception and into desiring to be like God and after they had eaten the fruit? Yeah, that was true. They did understand then and know good and evil. But the curse of death and the wages of sin, what was due to them for sinning against our holy God was most certainly death. And so that was a lie. And so I I think that this is just such a poignant example of seeing the enemy of our souls um, lie in the beginning of the Bible, the beginning of creation. And so um, I think that a common way that Satan still lies to us is he makes us question who God is and if what God says is yeah. true or if it's actually good for us. So the right. devil lies to us in making us think that we could live on our own and be our own God. So I really think that number one, the enemy lies to us by making us question who God is. Um And that ultimately, Satan doesn't want us to even know that there is a God. And he doesn't want us to truly know God and his good character at all. Um, He, I mean, Satan is completely against that. Um, And then also, too, I really want to add to that as well as long um, as well as Satan not wanting us to know who God truly is. I really think. enveloped into this lie is that the enemy doesn't actually want us to know that he is real or for us to know his real character either. And Mm -hmm. I know we're going to talk more about his, the the devil's character in a little bit, but um, so really lies about this main topic, lies about who God is or who the devil is Mm -hmm. may sound like this first question, did God actually say Satan desires to tempt us into sin by doubting God and deceive or making us fall into deception. But then other ways that this might sound to us are, does God's word really say, is that really true? Um, is mm. Christianity really true? Is the Bible really true? Um, even questions like, does the Holy Spirit actually live inside of you? Um, or are you sure that God loves you as he then brings up to mind all of these past sins that you are forgiven over, but the devil doesn't want you to know that? Um, Are you sure that God is good, loving, omniscient, um, that God is in control of your life and your circumstances? So goodness, Tara, there are so many lies wrapped up into this main header of the devil not wanting us to know who God is or who his character is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, or even to know who the enemy is or if he is actually real. And so 
Um, another one that I had appreciated in just reading Genesis is that the enemy lies to us in making us think that we can live on our own and be our own God. So the enemy lies to us about who we are. So he lies to us about who God is, who he himself is, and then who we are. And I found this one to be a little bit more trickier to to detect, especially when I was in that season of knowing God. Um, I knew who God was. I didn't doubt God's character for my life, but I doubted myself. And so Satan really has always deceived us thinking that we can be our own God and then also deceiving us by not fully realizing what Jesus has accomplished for us already on the cross. And so Really, if we fall into this lie of believing that we can be our own God, that we can do it on our own, then anytime that we drastically fall short of this, if we drastically fall short of being our own God, which always happens, we can begin to really despise who we are and who God has created us to be. Mm -hmm. So we know that we weren't created to be a God, but that through Christ's redemption, we are still created to be image bearers of God, to be like God, but not to be God. And so, like I mentioned, these were the lies that really um, debilitated me. So, oh, I was just going to say that um, I just really, really agree because I think, I mean, let's think about it. When we don't understand who God is, when we're lied to, when we believe lies about who God is, and we don't get that proper perspective, then everything about who we are also gets, the waters get muddy. Mm -hmm. We don't understand who we are because we don't know who God is. And not that life is about everything about who about us, but that it's really about the Lord. And so when we don't know, first and foremost, as Christians, who God is, that his word is true, that he has promises for us, and that the devil is a liar, then we're going to be messed up about how we live Mm -hmm. and how we interact, you know? Um, And so I just really appreciate that. Those are kind of the two main camps that I think those really fall under. And I would just love if we could talk a little bit more too about just practically, because I know there's a lot of women listening that, um, a lot of friends listening that are struggling with lies right now. And it's, it's, it feels like a spiral. I've felt it myself. And it's like, there's literally no way I can get out of it. I, I can, I've tried, I've tried to read the Bible. I've tried to pray. I actually had an email correspondence with a friend, um, a follower earlier. And she said, I have tried to read the Bible. I've tried to journal. I've tried to pray and I can't. I just can't seem to get rid of this fear. I can't seem to not believe the lie. Mm -hmm. I know it's a lie, but I can't. And so let's just, I mean, God's word has so much for us about how God can free us from the struggle against listening to the enemy um, and then instead listening to God's truth. So Mm -hmm. let's just kind of wrap up with that. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. I appreciate you sharing that and um, who you were who you were email corresponding with, that is just such, I think, a common issue that we struggle with. And that is such a wonderful question to ask, um, to ask others who are in your life, who can speak into your life and to help walk you through to say like, no, this is a lie. This is what God's Mm. word says. This is a lie. And sometimes Tara, I don't know if we can always do it by ourselves. I think that sometimes we 
need to pray and ask for the Lord, like, God, please bring me a person. Um, I mean, I had tried to do it by myself for a long time. I had sought help and God finally brought me a person to help me dismantle those lies because sometimes we need people in our life to be able to do that more effectively for us than we can. Um, based upon, Mm -hmm. you know, how our body is reacting, whether we are like suffering with chemical or biological or um, all of those things that go along with depression and anxiety that aren't even spiritual warfare, but that just really cloud our minds. So I appreciate you sharing that. And um, yeah, so I was, it's actually so sweet that we met at the Christian ministry conference and goodness, Mikkel is going to have to listen to this because she's brought up so many times, but (laughs) so God gave me such a beautiful illustration when I was there. And so the in-person online Christian ministry conference um, that you spoke at was in like a New England type region of the United States. And so this area was comprised of early 1800s to 1900 homes. And I don't know if you noticed, Tara, but everywhere you looked, you could see the property lines of these homesteads clearly laid out because they were all laid out and bordered by these um, stone walls. And so when I was looking and noticing that, I kept thinking, and I thought this even then, um, not knowing I would ever share this illustration, but they had their property lines marked out by these stones and boulders. And I can only imagine when the settlers who had first fashioned these walls, they carefully took this stone by stone, some larger and some smaller, and some like even boulders. And they must have carried or used a team of horses to mark out their property lines. And even putting like some of these little filler rocks in to create these small stone walls that are all over her town. And so these people must have marked out their property line of what they had already owned. And so I just thought that that is just such a beautiful image and so fitting for us as we follow the Lord, that perhaps we could compare our daily spiritual disciplines of prayer, worship, reading God's word, meditating on scripture, repentance, etc., as us actually placing a stone in our life and visibly and tangibly marking our life and our hearts for the Lord. So so if we're in Christ, we God already completely owns us, but it is something for us to just even mark out that property line, mark out that we are the Lord's. And even just something as simple as daily and consistently um, reading his word and growing closer to him is like putting a stone or a boulder and eventually getting your life and your faith where you have these, this Mm. set foundation that's based upon the cornerstone, our Jesus, so that when the enemy comes and sneers over the wall and over your life, You can just look and simply know and see God's faithfulness as he has surrounded you, that he has your life surrounded. And I think that's something that we can do is proactively just cling and pursue the Lord, pursue Jesus. And, you know, even if this can't be a daily thing, um, I don't mean to shame anyone that 
you know, is only the enemy who's shaming you if you are into God's word every day. But just knowing that everything that we do for the Lord and as we grow and as we desire to love him more with our hearts, souls, and minds, it's almost like we're laying like a boulder or even just a little tiny small rock. And it is eventually just creating a foundation of faith upon our Jesus that we know that when the enemy comes, like we are already bought by Christ. He has already redeemed us. I don't have to believe that lie, even though it kind of seems comforting because I know that that's not coherent with God's word. And I don't want any part Mm -hmm. of my foundation to fall or to crumble. I don't want the enemy to have a little foothold into any part of this foundation that God has set in my life and that by faith I'm working out for his glory. But I just think that that is a beautiful thing to do preventively. Um, and then if I were talking to your um, your reader, your listener who had reached out to you and again, um, who just who just is trying to do these things, but she can't, you know, I think something that hurt me, Tara, was I, again, kind of felt pridefully like I can't succumb to any of this. I mean, I'm following after the Lord. I'm doing this and this and this and this. And just knowing that like, even if we are on a spiritual high or even if we are like spiritually so solid for the Lord, we still need him. We still absolutely need him. And, um, you know, our flesh will still fail us, um, but Jesus never will. And so just even surrendering to the Lord, like, God, I am believing this lie. I know it's a lie. I have no idea what to do, Lord, but will you please help me to know that this is a lie? And will you please help me replace it with your truth? God, I can't even Mm -hmm. read my Bible right now. Like I can't do it. I can't journal about it. I can't I I can't do it, Lord, but I know that you can. Will you please do that for me? And I believe that God is faithful. Um, His Holy Spirit lives Mm -hmm. inside of us as believers, and he will comfort us. Sometimes it all it takes is just us like boldly crying out to the Lord and humbly saying, God, I can't do this. I've tried. I'm failing. (laughs) You know, I'm even doing all of these Christian things, and I am failing. But will you please Mm -hmm. help me do it with your strength and not my own? Um. And so, yeah, those are a couple, couple ways. So, so good. So good. I really appreciate you sharing that because this is not an easy thing. Y'all, we're not saying that any of this is easy, but there is something to be said about the responsibility that we also have. Like Rachel was sharing and I have done myself too. And I still do to this day sometimes is we entertain those lies from the enemy. And so practically we need to have a little giddy up in her step, right? right? We need to practically say, okay, Lord, I am going to put these boundary lines in place and I'm going to root myself in in who you are. And I'm going to remind myself through daily Bible reading, through just praying, because I think prayer is something that we really, really underestimate. And we say, okay, well, I want something to change, but we're not asking God to help us change because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and wants to help us. And so Mm -hmm. I think those were just, I mean, some people are like, well, you know, maybe that's not what they were looking for, but it's exactly what is needed for this transformation, right? right. Um, and so I am just really, really encouraged by that. It's it's hard things to do, but they're things that they're all rooted in the Lord and in His power because, oh, sister, you don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to overcome this on your own. So 
I'm so appreciative of that, Rachel. I am touched that you would share your story. Um, it's not an easy thing to do, and not a lot of people would volunteer that, but I know I'm sure there's so many women who can relate, who have been encouraged, who have been uplifted, and have just seen themselves in your story, but then seen the victory that you found in Christ, you know? So thank you for sharing. Um, I appreciate you. Um, wish I could just give you a big squeeze. I wish we were in New Hampshire together again, but... Yeah, it is just such a joy and a delight to be able to talk about this. I mean, we certainly could not encompass all of God's truth on this matter in just one podcast episode. And so, you know, it might seem a little cliche, but I do recommend anyone listening who is struggling with the lies of the enemy to read um, the passage in Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. That is so important. You know, God does not leave us destitute. Um or he doesn't leave us defenseless against these lies of the enemy. Um, All throughout scripture, we see men and women who are combating the enemy with the Lord and his truth. And so I would just encourage you to dive deep into the word. And two, if you know that you are struggling with one certain lie, if it is no one loves you, um, you're never going to be a good enough fill in the blank. Um, Your past will always disqualify you. Those are a couple really big ones. If you have a lie that you know that you've struggled with even in the past or that you've struggled with yesterday, I just really encourage you that when you have a moment of reprieve that you dig into the word and that you grab a friend or a trusted loved one to help you to find Bible passages that you already have at hand to defeat those lies of the enemy when they come so that you could say, no, here's the truth. I might not be of sound mind to be able to find it right now, but I did that yesterday. And so I know this truth and just having those memory verses really, really do help. I know it's cliche, but God's word is powerful and goodness, um, sister in Christ, sister, you are not alone. God loves you. You are dearly loved. You are valuable and you are here for a reason. And I'm just praying for you and, um, wholeheartedly praying that you will see the lies of the enemy for exactly what they are. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rachel. I, you're just a tried and true encourager. As we close, um, would you mind sharing your social media links with us where people can connect with you online? Because you also mentioned Mama Theologian. So just share that. I'll also have it linked in the description. Yeah, that's phenomenal. So Mama Theologians is on Instagram. It's spelled M-O-M-M-A Theologians. So that's at Mama Theologians um, or MamaTheologians.com. We are also on every single podcast platform at Mama Theologians. And again, our mission is just to revive spiritual growth in the midst of motherhood. So I welcome you guys to that space. Um, I'm so thankful for Tara and for all that she's doing. Um, I guess the last social media link, and I'm not super active, but I need to be is my personal Instagram is at Rachel Lynn Lawrence. But again, I'm just so grateful to be here. And I am deeply praying for you, listener, who is who is in the thick of this battle. And I know that our Lord will provide. <laughs>